Thanks for joining Impact Boom. On this episode... The problems change, and so I think actually as an individual, as a leader or a team, it's about becoming really good problem solvers, and your problems may change at the scale of them, but it's really honing that discipline, because if you have that, nothing is the limit. Welcome to impactboom.org. We search the globe to find the people, stories, ideas, and inspiration to help you create maximum positive impact. Each week, Impact Boom brings you thought-provoking interviews with world-leading practitioners passionate about creating positive social change. These designers, social entrepreneurs, educators, innovators, thinkers, and doers share their projects, initiatives, thoughts, and insights on creating a better world. You can find all the stories, links, and other great content at impactboom.org. Follow us on Facebook or Twitter for the latest updates or subscribe to the newsletter or on iTunes. Thanks for listening to episode 312 of Impact Boom. My name's Tom Allen and I'm passionate about bringing you the latest interviews and insights to help you create positive social impact. Today we're speaking with Daniel Flynn. Determined and resourceful, Daniel Flynn is the co-founder and managing director of one of Australia's most successful startups. Thank you. Thank You is a social enterprise that exists to see a world where not one person lives in extreme poverty. Daniel co-founded Thank You at the age of 19, and today, 14 years later, Thank You's products are stocked by major retailers in Australia, with every product contributing to helping end global poverty. Today, Thank You has raised over $17 million to impact the lives of people across 31 countries. So Dan, it's an absolute pleasure to have you here today. We're really looking forward to this conversation. Thanks for joining us. Mate, thanks so much. Dan, kicking off, it would be wonderful to learn a little bit more about your background and what led to your interest and passion in social enterprise, which ultimately led you to move on and do great things with Thank You. Yeah, man, look, it's an interesting one because I think my background was definitely not social enterprise. Enterprise, sure. I was really interested in business from a young age. Mum describes that one of the early stories she told me is that I was running around the kindergarten trying to sell helicopters to other kids. And I was very upset that no one wanted to buy my helicopters, but the helicopters were leaves that fell from a tree like a helicopter. (laughs) I'm trying to sell leaves. And so that was me in primary school a little bit in high school, always really interested in business, reading about it, learning about it. And I suppose I saw myself heading in that direction. Specifically, I was really interested in property development and really large-scale commercial and residential projects. I ended up studying construction management to go deep into that world. So none of that is social enterprise. But in that journey, I met a lot of people, read a lot of books about money and I didn't know everything, but I I certainly knew there was a lot of it, a lot to be made, a lot of it in circulation. And at 19 years old, I had a a series of moments, but one that really uh, triggered this journey. Thank you. I was watching some videos of some kids who didn't have access to clean water. What piqued my interest was some statistics that talked about 900 million people not having access to clean water. Mm. I remember thinking, ah, I don't know. Like, they, who comes up with these numbers? They just seem so lofty, so big. I clicked into it. And, and just for reference, at this point in my life, I had sponsored a child through World Vision. And I grew up in a family where my parents talked about that. And so I had reference on poverty and what it was. Yeah. But something happened to me when 
I watched stories of kids and really put myself in their shoes and wondered, what if that was my story? Mm. I encourage anyone watching anything, whether it's a doco or a video or hearing a story, it's great to hear it. But when you ask yourself, what if I was in that situation, something happens. For me, I started crying. Yeah. And it was because I just thought, I can't even imagine my sisters dying from waterborne disease. Mm. And it was the water that I got them that killed them. So for me, this was a genesis moment and there were many more for the thank you journey. But I think what I found most uncomfortable was hearing those statistics in the context of my frame of mind, which is there was a lot of money in the world mm. and a lot of money to be made. And thank you now, we would frame it as we live in one world with two extremes. You have extreme poverty, there's 736 million people living in it, and you have extreme consumerism. We spend $63 trillion a year on stuff. And for me, it's just, gosh, how does this even happen? How do you have this one world, yeah. two extremes? And in 2008, we had an idea to bridge those extremes by using consumer product and take that mass purchase by help right or wrong that shouldn't exist. It's a really powerful story and interesting to hear how you came from that property development background and, and passion and then ultimately based thank you off, off a problem which, which obviously really resonated with you. It's also interesting from that systems lens, right, to go, well, we've got mass consumerism and, and obviously huge problems around that when it comes to the landfill and environmental costs and the rest, but also these huge issues with poverty. So let's dip a little bit more into thank you, Dan, because it's one of Australia's most widely known social enterprises and you're having huge impact. So tell us a little bit more about the organisation and how it's operating now. And on the back of that, I'd also be really interested to hear a bit about the shift that you've observed in the social enterprise landscape since beginning your journey 14 years ago. Huge questions. It and is. Various questions. <laughs> yeah, that way. yeah but, but also really interesting to hear your reflection from the outside around Thank You's success. We've been in this 14 years now, and the feeling I have is, oh, it, it's just the beginning, but also we have so far to go. Oh, there's always and more think, to do, right? Isn't there? Yeah, yeah. And day to day, you just face with a lot of challenges. And so, look, I think the encouraging news is the landscape has shifted. Yeah. Social enterprise is becoming more known, and that is good. I think in general, business is acknowledging purpose matter. In fact, if we don't have our purpose figured out and we're not starting to really engage thoughtfully and deeply in this space. We are going to lose our employees and our consumers. I think broadly business is going, what, what is the impact we're making and is it positive? That's the good news. I think the little challenge in it is that now everyone's talking about social good. Yes. That, that's not bad, but I think the best way to process this is for us, it's an analogy of, is an organization's purpose and social good, is that the paint that they're putting on the outside? Mm. Or is it the fuel that is driving them on the inside? And I, it, sometimes it's hard to tell and yes. time is a great test and maybe a few other things. So I think for us at Thank You, whilst a consumer may hear about our purpose, it, it is less for us about the paint or the marketing. It's the fuel that drives us. And yeah. I think we are driven at Thank You to think about systems change mm. and this whole idea started with a consumer system and extreme poverty. And, and we've spent years trying to figure out how do you re-engineer or hack the system 
to create impact at scale. We've raised $17 million for our impact partners around the world from the sale of thank you products. That is good news. I tell you though, we all thought there'd be a lot more zeros after that number in year three. Do you know what I mean? And that was partly because we were super young and naive about how hard it was, what we were attempting. But I think that drives us as well, is if we get this right, that the scale of the impact will will increase. Absolutely. You make some really great observations there around not just systems change, but also social washing. And ultimately how absolutely there has been a shift and it's, it's a very encouraging one to see people more attuned to social impact. But it brings risks with it when that social impact could just be the pain on the outside and potentially bringing some unintended consequences. But look, let's step into your giving model. We might come back to that a little bit later because Thank You has transformed their giving model. And you have really started to instill trust in a bunch of different impact organizations. From what I understand, your belief is that by giving in an unrestricted way, those organizations will then be able to unlock the potential of impact-driven organizations and amplify their impact. So can you tell us a bit more about this funding model that you are using now and the reasons why you've changed your approach? It's worth saying, first up, this is a really complicated topic. We've done our best to simplify it. At its heart, I think everyone in this space wants to do good. So that's the good news. There may be like an anomaly to that, but generally speaking, everyone wants to do good. Particularly if you're donating money, you're wanting to do good. Now, what we've learned over the journey is that some of that good you want to do has unintended consequences. And there's an interesting study that came out by a group called Open Road Alliance. Mm. I found it really confronting when I read it. It talked about issues that charities and NGOs face. Now, in my head, it's things like theft and corruption. But in their study, that only accounted for 4% of issues that charities and NGOs face. Mm. In the sector we're in, in 46% of issues that an organization faces comes from the donor. Yeah, yeah. I, I couldn't believe it. But then we, we looked deeper and uh, co-founder Justine and Peter had an impact and we sat back going, gosh, we tick a lot of those boxes. If you're sitting here going, what do you mean the donor was the issue? There's some really interesting things that happen when people donate. Different expectations. At a consumer level, often it's, I don't want there to be too many admin fees. I only want my money to go direct to the field. We have these ideas in our mind, yeah. but it turns out that can be pretty damaging. I'll give you an example. Uh, take medicine. Let's say, Tom, hey, Tom, you need heart surgery. I'm going to pay for it. Yeah. Uh, now, I'm not in a position to do it, but let's say that happened. It would be weird for me to tell the surgeon, here's how I want a heart surgery done because yep. it's my money. That is not how we approach medicine, but actually a lot of philanthropy is approached that way. I think the big call out here is if we look in business, business has scale. We have organizations around the world from the Teslas to the Amazons who are hitting incredible innovation, incredible scale. But to do that, you have to fail. You Mm -hmm. have to innovate. You have to take risk. Move to the nonprofit sector. Wow, there's a lot of risk conversion. People are afraid to fail. Can you imagine Jeff Bezos gets up and says, hey, we lost 100 million trying to launch a phone, but hey, we learned some lessons and we're moving forward. Mm -hmm. That is celebrated in the for-profit world. You stand up as a charity, say, "Ah, oh, so we lost a hundred million trying an idea. And we're moving forward. Mm. That's the end." Yeah. But actually, innovation needs failure and it needs flexibility and freedom. As a funder, the way thank you is giving is in a way that we would call unrestricted. And so, what we would say is, we do a lot of due diligence on who's the organisation we're backing. 
what's their vision. Yeah. We then hear from them, what, what is their plan? But then we give them that money and we don't tell them how to spend it. That's their job. Yeah. They've got to figure out how to spend it, what risk to take, and then we go on that journey with them. But it is about trust. It is about accountability too. And it's ultimately about achieving impact at scale. It's super interesting there. And I think you've got, got some great points to be made about ultimately trusting those organizations with that impact and not taking that on board yourself and having to really invest in that. I think there's some interesting points there around putting 100 million in and, and failing if your social enterprise were to be directly working alongside the highly disadvantaged populations that could therefore really potentially unsettle them and create a direct consequence for them as well as a beneficiary or as an employee or someone else. So I think there are deep considerations to be made there, but it's a great comparison. But in the line of unintended consequences, and there's some great points here, and, and you mentioned that study too, Dan, and if we were to draw some comparisons with Tom Shoes and that one-for-one yeah. one model and I'm sure you've seen the study by Wart, which came out really critiquing that one-for-one one model and ultimately those unintended consequences that they were having and, and therefore how Tom's shifted their business model when it came to eyewear and other ways that they were giving back, right? Now, back in 2020, Thank You made a considerable change to your model too. And, yeah. and that was really in stopping the supply of bottled water, which ultimately was very much the foundation of your social enterprise and, and the way it was founded. And, and part of that shift, my understanding was because there was critique about, despite these really strong intentions, the potential for that model to, to create harm to the environment was there. And so in observing the shift then, it obviously created an, this understandable, significant pressure within your organization and a shift about and, and changes were made. And I'm really keen to hear your reflections on that, key learnings, and how you ultimately turn that into an opportunity to deepen your impact. That was a big one for those that have followed our journey. Our Genesis product was bottled water. I think, like most things at Thank You, we were optimistic that we'll start with bottled water. We always said it was a silly product, but we thought it was a great product. Actually, quite a confronting mirror to us as a society. Yeah. We valued water. In 2008, we spent $50 billion on bottled water globally. Yeah, a stat yeah. I read about a week ago, that's now at $350 billion. It's huge considering everyone says they don't do it anymore. So you've got this growing issue. We started there and then we assumed there'll be sustainable ways to do it. Biodegradability, oh, yeah. it'll be great. But actually, as time went on, market share grew, mm. uh, our profits grew, which is great. But the sustainability story, I mean, other than greenwashing, Every solution ended up having more unintended consequences. And you have to argue, if we do that, it sounds good, but ultimately it's not better. Yeah. So what, are we marketers here or are yeah. we here to create real change? We debated for way too long. We made the announcement in 2020. I think we made the decision earlier than that, but yeah. we really should have moved even quicker and dropped it. In part, we held on because we were working on a future play, which we're still working on. And yeah. it's yeah. exciting. But it looks nothing like the past. And I think the message in my reflections is I think sometimes to walk into the future, you literally have to let go of the past and that will cost you something. Mm. We, we left millions of dollars of revenue on the table every year. I mean, retailers were like, what? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. It just doesn't feel right for us as a brand where we're heading. Now, do, do we still sell plastic bottles in our hand wash? We do. We're working on solutions and we look forward to announcing them. But it is a journey. 
And I think for us, it's the courage to take the big steps. At the same time, be responsible. Sustainability is a journey and we're on one and the world is too. Absolutely. I think just that acknowledgement and seeing that very intentional shift, not just in the words, but the actions there would have taken a lot of courage, particularly when it was providing that strong revenue stream and acknowledging too, with that revenue comes the ability to invest in those initiatives that are creating impact. But ultimately, if we're here to create this system change and tackle things at the root cause, this is where we're heading, right? I'll change tact a little bit, Dan, because you have, I'm sure, received investment over the years and have quite a good track record and journey with this. In your path to growing Thank You, what has it revealed about the gaps that exist to better support social entrepreneurs when it comes to finance? I think you be careful. This is hard because so much of it is generalization. There is nuance and there is always exceptions to the rule. Yeah. But I think the term impact investing, some days it just feels like the new flavor of the month. Oh, and what, totally really agree. People, what, what really people are saying is I want the exact same return uh, that I usually get or got. Maybe I'm okay with a short lapse in that for a little bit, but yeah. I want the same return, but I want it to sound even better than before. Whereas I think true impact investment is walking away from existing expectations on the commercial return. The commercial returns that exist in part explain why the world exists the way it exists. I think there's a real challenge in that. And so I take my hat off and have full respect for those in philanthropy and in the social investing space who are actually going, we're going to use capital for social change at all costs. And if there is a commercial benefit in time, that's great. But that is a, it's a secondary win. Mm. Now, a lot of people use the right language, but I think when push comes to shove, that money, particularly for early stage social ventures, yeah. it's hard to come by. But that's not all bad. I would say to anyone out there starting or in social enterprise, I thank you. We've always not had enough money or investment for the vision, for yeah. things we're trying to achieve. And I'm not talking about years away. I'm talking about live. It, it always feels that way. Yeah. But that actually keeps us very lean. It keeps us very hungry for innovation. And sometimes Thank You gets credit for these really innovative moves. A bunch of them came from we had no money, no options. And so we had to. We had to take giant leaps with very small budgets that could ultimately deliver a huge step change in what we did. Yeah. I am a big believer in that fine line between getting funding and also being that lean, agile, innovative house leader and and group that you need to be. Yeah. Interesting reflections there, Dan. So what advice would you be giving to other purpose-led entrepreneurs who are ultimately seeking to scale their social enterprise and deepen their impact and perhaps look at someone like you at Thank You and are seeking a similar level of scale? My first reflection is if if you're in that boat, and you're finding it hard, I agree with you. I wish I could tell you it it actually gets easier. The problems do change, but it's very easy to have a grass is greener approach of thank you or that organization must have this so sorted and life is beautiful. Mm. The the problems change. And so I think actually as an individual, as a leader or a team, 
It's about becoming really good problem solvers and your problems may change at the scale of them, but it's really honing that discipline because if you have that, nothing is the limit. Things may take time and many of the projects have this beautiful six to 12 month runway or project length and they seem to always blow out to about two years. I'm trying to beat that two years, but sometimes even longer. I would say that change is messier than you want it to be. It takes longer than you want it to take, but there is a real art to refine your problem-solving skills at street level. It's great to have a big vision. It's great to want to make a difference. And you do need to be good at articulating that and getting people to buy into that. Sometimes the game is won and lost in the the street fight of the problem solving. And we certainly feel that now at Thank You because the global supply chain is very disruptive. Yeah. We are nimble on our feet, and if we weren't, doesn't matter how beautiful the idea of thank you is, it wouldn't be here. Those reflections absolutely resonate. I think in, in a lot of the social enterprises and organizations we've worked with at Impact Boom, that agility, flexibility, persistence and grit too, are just they are just such important qualities for the founders to have. And so it's yeah. great to hear this uh, from you as well. And also acknowledging... They say an overnight success takes 10 years, right? That just shows how, thank you, it took us 14 years to get to the 10-year success. Do you yeah. know what I mean? That's how I yeah. feel some days. It is a long road. It's triggered one quick thought, and yes. this is a secret, and it's not really a secret, but it came from a great book. This has really helped us. In this particular book, there were these two pages, and on the pages were two rules. Rule one, make great product. Two, never break rule one. And there's an asterisk on rule two that says never use a good cause to sell an average product. Mm. That's the secret to social enterprise. I I genuinely think the purpose drives you, but don't use that purpose to try and sell your product. Literally think about how do we make the best product because the mission we're on deserves it. And yes, the narrative of your purpose is part of it. But those two rules have really been a big part of our our journey. Absolutely. I think it, is absolutely a big mistake that we've seen a number of entrepreneurs make in thinking that the impact they're striving to make should take precedence over the product. They, I think a lot of the times make the assumption that people will buy their product or service based on the impact. But quite frankly, if that's subpar or if it's not at least as good as they should be aiming for better than any other market solution, then it's just simply not going to generate that impact. So it's great to hear from you, Dan. Look, let's talk about a few other initiatives, projects or social enterprises that you believe are creating great positive social change. I mean, they're out in the space. I think hats off to Simon and the team who gives a crap. It is awesome. And there are so many, I would say just for-profit organizations popping up around the world, startups, trying to copy, mimic, I mean, us, anyone, but who gives a crap. I definitely look on it, their work, and think it is awesome and challenging. And our, our models are slightly different, but the ultimate mission is absolutely the same. So shout out to them. I think it's interesting and controversial, but I, I look at, and, and maybe this you know, diverges from your question a little bit and links a little bit to the last one, but I have for years tracked the Tesla journey and think there is something in this that is so critical. For social business, whilst I'm not saying Elon Musk or Tesla say we are a social enterprise, I think they have really looked at this challenge we face at a huge level around impact that the auto industry has and fossil fuel. But they're not selling a car that's got written all over it. Buy this, it will save the world. 
It's beautiful design, deeply thought through, innovative supply chain, incredibly boundary pushing, yeah. big bets on product. But actually, the social change that will come from that and the technology on flow effect is incredible. So I, I probably look at that and I think, awesome, we need more examples of that level. Yeah. And that's hard to get to, I guess. That's a great example. So, Dan, you mentioned a couple of pages of a book before and I'm conscious yeah. too that you've authored a couple of books. I'm keen to hear your recommendations to our listeners of books, resources, or, or blogs, things that will help inspire them and, and help them create the change that they want to see. That particular book's a good one, actually. It's called Do Purpose, Why Brands That Do Good Matter More. My mind has slipped on who the author is, but if you are not a huge reader, you're going to love this book. It's mainly a picture book, but like it's really well-designed. You'll get through it very quickly, but at the same time, you may spend a whole life unpacking the wisdom dropped on each page. It is very deep, thoughtful stuff. That's where the two rules came from. I, I'm a huge follower of Seth Godin's work. I think he has 19 bestsellers, but a couple of books that have stood out to me is Purple Cow. Oh, bit of a classic. classic. Very much, if you, if you look at Thank You and some of the big step changes we've made, you'll see the, the links to that inspiration. Also, I loved his book on tribes. That's been really fundamental to our journey. Icarus Effect was another. He does a lot of good. But I think what, what's really important is to remember you are marketers, you are storytellers. And, and so actually that's where a lot of Seth's work I think is really vital for social enterprise because your story can't just be and here's the change we want to make and here's the need and therefore you should buy it. And so we've got to get really creative. In fact, I think we have to outmarket out story tell the brands we compete with who are just in it purely to make money and they're willing to invest big money in their marketing and storytelling. Uh, a couple of thoughts on that there. I think it is really important that people read up about how they give or the impact they make. Tom's, you reflected on that study. Have a read of that study. I think there is a lot around donor dysfunction, thoughtful giving. I think a lot of the work that B Corp are doing and they're putting out a heap of great material is really important because it's one thing to say you're going to do good, but it turns out that is really hard too. Yeah. I would say we put out a bit of stuff on this recently, but there is a lot of material in that. And I think it's really important to, to go deep on that. Absolutely. Look, Dan, you've given us some absolute golden nuggets today. And I think some really strong considerations and reflections for the listeners to challenge the work that they're doing. And I know you've got some big plays coming as well. So we'll be really interested to follow your journey and see too just how you continue to respond in a way that is critical of your actions and takes responsibility about that and does so in a way that strives to create those unintended consequences and, and broader system level change. So your work is inspiring, Dan. It's, it's been a pleasure to speak to you today and we really appreciate your generous insights and time. Thanks again. Thanks so much. Thanks for listening to Impact Boom. You'll find links to the initiatives, people and resources mentioned in this podcast on impactboom.org. Please leave your comments below and remember, we'll be publishing fresh inspiration and insights to help you create positive impact every week on the website, Facebook page and Twitter.